Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 105 of the Quickie Podcast. I am your host, Dave Hopkins, and I got another Canadian on the show today, a Canadian with a love for surf culture. But before I get into today's guest, I wanted to remind you that I put together this great little freebie for you. It is the top things to look for in your file before you send that file to a printer. When you're printing anything, printing packaging, printing a booklet, whatever it is, don't miss double-checking these things. They can save you time, they can save you money, and save deadlines. Um, we all know those are a problem. So if you want to check that out, head over to thequickiepodcast.com and just uh, put your email address in there and we will send you that form for free right away. Let me know what you think when you get it. So today's guest My guest today is Tara Victoria. She's a one-woman shop freelance designer in Calgary, Alberta. She has a love for surf culture, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, and she talks about the booming and slamming surf scene in Calgary. We have a good little laugh about that. That's fun, right? It's fun. Um, She grew up in a blue-collar family, but was always encouraged to explore her creativity. She tells us the moment that it really clicked for her that this was the path that she wanted to go on and what she started seeing after that. She talks about the magazine that really influenced her love for print and editorial design. We also talk about a really cool project that she worked on as sort of a year-end project for her. And I myself love... um, you know, what she talks about and what this project was on. I've always been fascinated by this. Now, in this episode, Tara also gets real honest with us. She was caught in a abusive relationship for a couple of years, and she talks about the struggle that she faced um, trying to create under duress, you know, in that traumatic situation and forcing yourself to be creative. We also talk about a... And right at the end of this episode, we also talk about Mastermind and a mastermind that Tara had put together a group of creatives from a bunch of different uh, sort of industries and with different expertise and bringing them all together to help each other out with some of the problems and that that they would face in business. This episode is jam-packed and Tara gets so honest with us in sharing um, you know, some of the struggles that she's faced. And it was it was awesome talking to her. She's an amazing person. Her personality is so bright and so vibrant. You guys are going to love this one. So let's get to it. Ladies and gentlemen, my fantastic guest, Tara Victoria. Here we go. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field, and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie? Hey, Tara, how are you today? Good, how are you? I'm doing swell, thanks for asking. Um, Are you ready... Awesome. I'm great to have you here. Um, Are you ready for a quickie? Yes, definitely. Well, briefly tell the listeners about yourself. Uh, My name is Tara Victoria. I'm from Calgary, Alberta, Canada, and I am a 
branding designer and illustrator that specializes in small businesses. And yeah. Awesome. My last guest was a uh, studio owner um, named Amanda from Edmonton. Oh, nice. Yes. Alberta's representing today. I know. I'm (laughs) stoked to hear that. I love Edmonton too. Very cool. Um, So how long have you been doing freelance as the one woman show? Um, I've been freelancing for on and off for my entire career, basically since I graduated, um, at, from the Alberta college of art and design Mm -hmm. in 2012. So pretty, pretty long time. I've worked at a couple studios in the mix in between and always freelanced on the side. And I've been full time since 2015 with a brief break of, uh, being in Atlanta with a different company for two years. Got it. Just a little experiment, right? Just to see what was going on there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll call it that. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> yeah. So I want to dive back even further than that. And I want to ask you about your childhood and what that was like. Do you feel that you had a creative childhood that pointed you in this career path? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, I was always creating in some way. I loved writing at the time and was super influenced by my grandmother Mm-hmm. Um, who was also a writer, and then just always painting and drawing. My parents were always very encouraging of that kind of stuff and always let us kind of freely make stuff or experiment with things. Or, you know, I always used my imagination as a kid, whether it was like Barbies or all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, definitely, I would say I had a creative childhood. All right. So making stories, we're coloring, we're drawing a lot. Um, were your parents artists or were they designers or anything they like were that? Not. No, they were not. I, I would say I definitely got it from my grandfather, who's an architect. Okay. Um, my mom was a flight attendant and my dad uh, worked in oil and gas. Got it. So definitely not creative. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So they sort of handled, weren't the creative sort of inspiration, but mm-hmm. definitely supportive of that direction when For you sure. went in that way. Awesome. Yeah. So when do you think was the moment that you started heading in that direction, whether you knew it or not, do you think there was a moment where that sort of switch was flicked for you? Yeah. Um, it was in high school. Okay. Um, so I went to an arts high school And um, I got really, really heavily into painting Mm -hmm. and drawing in grade 12. And um, I had this moment where I was doing, I always like to bite off more than I can chew. (laughs) Classic. (laughs) Awesome. And uh, I started, I was doing portraits, um, acrylic on canvas portraits. Mm -hmm. And I had this moment, I remember looking at the reference, then looking at my painting, looking at the reference. And I started seeing like, because normal you know when you take a picture of someone's face there's it's not just the skin color whatever it is there's Mm -hmm. purples and greens and blues and reflections and all that kind of stuff and I started seeing all of those things and something just clicked and I don't really know (laughs) that's so cool that you like had that moment you remember that moment that's awesome and then from then on I would do these um emotional portraits um, kind of people portraying emotion in some way to capture emotion in, in the viewer, mm-hmm. um, whether it helped them with something or changed, changed their life in some way, or well, I mean, hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> um, and that, that just kind of grew from there. And I still love doing stuff like that as much as I possibly can, but obviously it kind of geared more towards design. 
Got it. So then when you started, it were in that area of your life where you, the painting really clicked and you started going in that, that route. Did you start seeing design out in the world as well? Or was it just painting? It was mostly just fine arts, painting and drawing. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I was more, but the funny thing is I did put typography in some way into every single painting. Like it became a running joke with my teacher at the time. (laughs) Um, so I guess in that sense, but not really paying attention to it other than like I have, I'm super, super heavily influenced in the skate and snow culture and surf culture. And so I would always look at, you know, the t-shirts and the graphics from that. So maybe a little bit in that sense, but not really, um, so much as a career path for me, Mm -hmm. it was just focusing on painting and drawing and stuff like that. Got it. I liked how you said that you were heavily influenced by that sort of skate snow surf culture. Um, Because the next question I want to ask you is about, you know, what do you think is the most influential design of your life so far? Maybe something you've seen or something you've been a part of? I would say um, I'm I'm very heavily influenced by my friends, like in the design community, for sure. Uh But I would say um, there is a magazine. This is so random. There's a magazine or it was a magazine. Now it's kind of more of a community that do a lot of videography and stuff like that. Um, based out of Australia called Disillusion Magazine. Okay. And I found them in when I was in university. And mm-hmm. it just influenced, because I, I fell in love with editorial design um, and print media. And it just really, really heavily influenced that for me. So That's cool. So the printed magazine was really what, what sort of lit a bit of that design fire then. For sure, yeah. Got it. What do you think it was about it? Do you think it, you know, part of being a tangible thing, but what else? Um, I think it was probably a lot of like the content. It was, it was, it's a surf magazine. So, and because again, I like have always loved that culture. Um, I think it was just that kind of stuff and the stuff they were writing about and the imagery and the typography that just really heavily influenced me. Totally. So that just sucked you in, that pulled you in. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So I want to ask then, and this is where you can name drop some friends or, you know, whoever else, you know, is in your network there, but who are some of the designers and brands that you look up to or closely follow and what is it about them that you like? So brands would definitely be, um, Arbor, uh, longboards and snowboards, Mm -hmm. um, Volcom, uh, and then designers that I look up to again are like a lot of my friends. So, Amy and Jen Hood, uh, Daniel Evans. Um, oh man, I'm gonna like miss some. <laughs> They're gonna be so <laughs> <laughs> um, Dan Petty for sure. Uh, a lot of the work that he's done in the in the skate industry has been really cool. Kendrick Kidd, um, obviously a little bit, but Aaron Draplin, like, yeah. how can you not be? Um, Josh Ariza, Chomp Brand Goods, all that stuff. It's awesome. Um, oh, no, <laughs> I totally put you on the spot. <laughs> yeah, I the list. <laughs> it's all good. Well, you definitely like name drop some great ones, even ones that I'm familiar with, but a couple that I wasn't. So I want to check them out too. Um, sure. but is there a consistent theme with their work that you just really like and seems to align with you? Or is it just a, a variety of inspirational stuff? Um, I think it's a variety of inspirational stuff. Um, and then also, you know, like like Kendrick and Dan and Josh have done a lot of stuff in the skate and snow culture. Mm-hmm. And then Amy and Jen, they just have a very unique um, 
style that's a little bit influenced by, I would say, 70s culture. Um, And so I just feel like it's it's really refreshing. And then Danielle's just insanely talented. And and I've always looked up to her, especially when I, you know, first started my design career and stuff like that. So yeah, I think it's just a mixed bag. I I don't feel like I have a specific style. So I would say that everything kind of inspires me if it's something that resonates with me in some way. So I like it. Well said. So you had mentioned that an editorial was, or a magazine was what sort of lit that design fire for you. Um, And the next couple of questions I have for you are related to print and print media and how you have utilized print in your design career. Can you tell us about a couple of projects that you've worked on? Uh, Yeah. So I would say um, more recent stuff has been some annual reports for the Calgary foundation Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Um, And then really early on, this is kind of random and it was a school project, but I did a, um, magazine all about abandoned buildings and I just loved it. I loved looking at the photography. I've always been obsessed with abandoned buildings, uh, hearing the stories and, and, uh, just watching or looking at a lot of those artists work and stuff like that. So, yeah. Okay. As soon as you said abandoned buildings, I just went, Oh my gosh, that would be so cool. Yeah. I, I got to do like, it wasn't even really abandoned building, but like the Vulcan Aerodome, I went there and like shot a bunch of pictures and stuff like that. But I've always been obsessed and like wanted to explore all those kind of things. It's super dangerous, but super cool. Mm-hmm. I um I remember seeing an article that was all about um the change in like the the brick and mortar retail environment in the U.S. Yeah, yeah. and how it goes through like these massive malls that are just empty. Yeah, And I thought, oh my gosh, it would be incredible just to like walk around there and just feel the eerie quiet. And, totally. Oh, yeah, very and cool. I think my favorite part is how as a building ages and there's no one, you know, main, like doing maintenance on it or anything like that, nature just starts to take over. Yes. And it's like the man-made and nature just become one thing and there's like plants growing where they shouldn't <laughs> and yeah. all that kind of stuff. I just love that. It's just so cool. battling it out new with nature, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. So the you that was a magazine that you did for abandoned buildings. Yeah, it was just a school project in my final year yep. at ACAD, and uh, I just yeah, it was called Silk Road, and I got to like interview a bunch of um, photographers who do that um, either part time or full time, and then just put it put together, and then a little bit of my work, and then one of my friends um, at the time. He still is now a, an amazing videographer. He came with me to Vulcan and we shot a little video, stuff like that. So it was super cool. Yeah, that's so cool. I like that. Um, so before I get into sort of the next couple of questions, I had a, I, you know, one that's really uh, important that I need to ask. Um, okay. So you live in Calgary. Yes. And you love surfing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I see this. I see the surfboard. I hear you excited about it. Um, so where mm-hmm. do you go surfing in Calgary? I'm, I hate, this is going to ruin all my street cred. I, <laughs> I'm, I snowboard, I longboard, I skateboard, all of the above, but never actually had the opportunity to surf. And this is a completely random thing. Like I wanted a surfboard so badly and I actually bought it in Calgary. <laughs> That's my, awesome. Which is so random. Um, 
But it's just the culture around it that has always influenced me. But it is very hard to find places to serve in <laughs> So I'm hoping one day really, really soon I can get out there and yeah. Tofino. That's where you need to hit. Yes, which I could drive with that and actually use it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Sorry, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. I didn't no, mean no, to mess no, with your street okay. cred. Street cred out the window, but it's yeah, fine. <laughs> I just had to ask. But you got the longboarding and the snowboarding. That's just as legit. Yeah. It's basically all the same thing, right? Awesome. Okay. <laughs> Back on the rails here. Sorry about okay. that. <laughs> Um, Tara, the next couple of questions I have for you take you down part of your career where you likely made some mistakes, learned some lessons, and I want to pull those stories out and share those with the listeners. Um, but there's only two or three of them, and then we'll we'll end in a happy place, I promise. Okay. Um, what has been the most challenging time in your design career so far? Um, why was it challenging, and how did you get through it? Um, I would say the most challenging time in my design career was uh, trying to create under duress and dealing with trauma. Mm. Um, yeah, it was a very difficult time. There was about two years of my life where I was in a very abusive relationship and mm-hmm. um, just dealing with trauma and having to create at the same time oh, and having to kind of force yourself to be creative when you don't want to do that at all. Um, Is that something that you can even force? I think that you kind of end up going into survival mode. And then um, because it's kind of like you you go into that like fight or flight, like I have to do this, you know, have Mm -hmm. to pay the bills, got to, got to get moving, got to get it done. And uh, some of, (laughs) ironically, some of my best work came out of that time. Oh, interesting. Um, I don't know if it's just it was an outlet for me, kind of just a little bit of a relief. Um, I'm not really sure mm-hmm. <laughs> it makes sense to me at all, but I would say that was probably the most challenging time in my design career, for sure. Or just that portion of your life, you know, that creative portion, you can just kind of segregate and it's in its own little Absolutely. column and you can focus on that. Absolutely. And it's almost the distraction. So, you know, that kind of does make sense how, mm-hmm. you know, you can do it under there because it's almost a bit of a relief from the reality. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Got it. Um, how did you get through that time? Um, I, <laughs> I, I left the relationship and then just kind of went through my own healing process, mm-hmm. kind of um, went under the radar for a little bit. Just really, I have amazing family and friends that gathered around me. Mm-hmm. I unfortunately had to continue working like freelancing at the same time, which was really, really hard. And I've had a lot of conversations with friends about, you know, creating in dealing with trauma and that kind of stuff. Like, what do you do if you can't take time off and stuff? Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say like just pure strength and the love from family and friends got me through it. Your support network. Um, Yeah. And, and the great part is like something ended up coming out on the other side. So I created a community called you are the wolf, um, which is in the works right now. Um, just kind of to create community around healing and trauma and talking about these kinds of things that, Mm -hmm. you know, around emotional and psychological abuse that aren't really discussed as much. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm really grateful for that and that something came out of it more so than just, you know, all of the personal growth, which is amazing. And I'm also grateful for So yeah. Yeah. Something that you can share and, you know, 
give back in a sense and encourage others, you know, that yeah. make others feel less alone. Absolutely. Got it. That is cool. And does that part of the podcast that you were starting? Cause we are, I definitely want to, you know, touch on that. No, that's something different. Um, mm-hmm. we might touch on it a little bit, um, on that, but, um, that's some, just something completely separate. Um, it's going to be more in the realm of like apparel and, um, blog posts and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Cool. So we're de- like definitely like an online virtual community. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then I hope to one day be able to do like in-person events as well. I think that would be cool. really cool. The healing. Definitely. That would be so cool. Yeah. Um, and the podcast, can I ask you about that or is it too early? Um, <laughs> it's a little early, but I, I don't think my partner will care. So it's, yeah, I'm partnering with Andrew Sale and we're just doing a podcast on, uh, just mental health and touching base on that and, uh, how a lot of people in the creative community are affected by mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems to be more prominent and I've done a little bit of research on that in the past, um, because I think we are, we tend to be more emotional people. And so it does affect us a little bit differently. Um, so we're just going to do a few episodes, a little bit of a series, um, talking about, about that and kind of our struggles and triumphs with, um, being a creative and having, having mental health issues. Very cool. I'm excited to see that come out. Yeah, us too. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Um, I now want to ask you about a specific design or project, and it can be a freelance one or a studio project um, that you were a part of that did not go well or bring the desired result. Um, what was that like? How did that feel? Can you take us to that story? Oh, man. Um, I would say one that the one that comes to mind is, you know, those times where you just have a client where you're like, this isn't going to be a fit one of those kinds of things, but you take the project anyway. Oh yeah. You feel it, it early. Not so well. That's, um, that happened when I was working in Atlanta and the client ended up, um, ditching out on their invoice for nine grand, which was brutal. Oh. Yeah. And there's like, it's one of those things where there's like nothing you can do. So th- not really design related, I guess. And in, in the sense that that wasn't the issue, it was more just, they just kind of ghosted on an invoice which happens often I've had tons of friends where that happens to them uh-huh. uh, so yeah that that comes to mind for sure it was brutal and um it's just one of those things where you got to take the loss and and keep going that's crazy though I know it's so frustrating <laughs> yeah can I can I ask you know about the details about that project you know what did you feel in the early stages where you you know looking back should have went Mm-mm, nope I think it's just like being becoming like really because I, I have a hard time. I'm not a judgmental person and mm-hmm. I, I don't like to pass judgment on people or, you know, be like, oh, that's a red flag or anything like that. Because mm-hmm. I want to just assume that everyone's good. And we learn sometimes. That's so sweet, Tara. <laughs> <laughs> Most people are good. Yeah. So I think looking back, I can just see a little, a few red flags in the sense of like some unsureness and some like unsureness to commit to things. Not that they were like worried about the project, but they were worried on their end of like the financial side of it and whether or not the um, person that was backing their project was going to be 
like okay with the with the budget and the project and all that kind of stuff and just a lot of questioning and like it it, it was way too difficult to convince to work with us and I think that that was the problem where you're just like this shouldn't be this hard like you either want my services or you don't so (laughs) yeah Oh, that's tough. And then, so the, was there, did the project get completed and then they just disappeared after completion or? They completed, um, or they, they disappeared after, uh, it, it had only been a part of it had been completed and it was like payment in stages. So they had paid a deposit and then normally I would never send like final files or files period, but they needed it for like a pitch. So we made an exception in good faith. And they dished out on like the second invoice. So, ah, man, that's tough. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So obviously that felt like crap. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you just had to sort of wash your hands of the situation and move on after a period of time. Yeah. It's one of those things you just got to take the loss and, and keep going and realize like not every project's going to go that way and mm-hmm. take it as a learning experience. You know, I'm never going to do that again. And, that's all you can do because it's one of those things where it's not worth going to small claims court. So, yeah. So what, what do you think was the lesson in that? I would say never, ever make an exception to say, (laughs) (laughs) even if you like think the person's really nice and want to trust them and all that stuff, I would say just be super careful. Um, I would say like if it, if there's a gut feeling, it doesn't feel right at the beginning, it's not worth it. And I know, you know, as freelancers, we need the money and we might need the project really badly, but something else will come along and the universe provides, takes care of you. And it's not worth putting yourself through shit like that for Mm -hmm. a project that in the beginning you may not have even wanted in the first place. Gotcha. Well said. There's definitely lessons in that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so other than trying to find a spot to surf in Calgary, <laughs> what is something that you're struggling with in your design career right now? Uh, I would say burnout a little bit. Mm, okay. A little bit. Um, yeah, just just needing a little bit of a break, um, just a little bit of a like vacation or something like that, you know. I, I'm feeling creative and excited about about the projects that I have coming up. It's just as a freelancer, it can kind of become a lot. Um, sometimes you can, you have a lot on your plate. You're wearing a lot of hats. Mm-hmm. It's not just get the work done and, you know, you have to be, do accounting. You have to find the projects. You have to promote yourself. You have to talk to the clients. You have to write proposals and all of those things. And then there's the design work. So I think <laughs> exactly. just, I've been doing it for a long time and just needing a little bit of a, a breather, like, vacation maybe go somewhere and actually surf or something (laughs) (laughs) do you find you know as a freelancer does sales come naturally to you um i have a sales background okay so it is generally easy for me um because of working in sales prior to having a design career Mm -hmm. so in that sense i'm i would say i'm a pretty decent salesperson um so good represent <laughs> um, all right, I want to turn this around and I want you to tell us about a project that you've been a part of that you are the most proud of. One that just you know makes your heart sing, or maybe it's the biggest design feather in your cap. Um I have two. Okay. Um, so 
uh, I would say one of them is I designed an entire app by myself. Um, I had someone else, like the person I was working with at the time did, you know, the wireframes and some of the user journey. Um, and then I actually did like the entire design myself, the branding, all that stuff. And that was very like scary because it was stepping into new ish territory. Now I've done a few, so it's not, it's not that big of a deal. And, but at the time it was really cool and the clients were amazing and I just vibe with her so well. And she didn't even like the, the two women that started the app didn't even have any, like barely any changes for me. Awesome. Pretty cool. So I would say that's something that I'm like super proud of in my career. And then I recently got to um, design some apparel for a company called Lady Crew. And 100% of their sales of the shirts that they print go towards ending um, and raising awareness and helping survivors of human trafficking. So cool. Yeah. So I got to do three t-shirts for them and just the whole process of being part of that and watching, you know, people people resonate with the stories that they're sharing and, and what they're trying to do. And so that was for sure something I'm super stoked about. That's awesome. Those are both great. Thank you so much for sharing those ones. Yeah, of course. Um, Tara, I want to ask you now, what is one design product tool, website or community that you just can't live without? Um, I would say my mastermind group. (laughs) Nice. I like that. Um, So I started it probably like, uh, probably almost two years now coming mm-hmm. up really quickly and uh it's just a bunch of other female um entrepreneurs designers i'm actually not all of them are designers so i would say just female business owners mm-hmm. um we meet online once every two weeks and one person gets to be on the hot seat and propose a question or a problem to the group and then we all try to help out and it has been by far the most helpful to have to be part of that community um that and my creative sales family very cool okay so i want to ask you about the the second one that you just mentioned as well but the mastermind yeah where did you connect with these people how did you start this like give me this quick story on that um i connected with them just through speaking um so speaking at different conferences and getting to know them either online or meeting them at the conference Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I just reached out and asked them and then some of them like Mira Lee Patel, who's an amazing, uh, watercolor illustrator mm-hmm. and author. I met her, I can just sent her a message off Instagram and was like, Hey, do you want to be my mastermind? The rest of them, um, I mostly just met at conferences and, um, or Twitter or something like that. And yeah. And when you were putting this group together, did you look to see, okay, you want somebody from marketing, you want an illustrator, you want, you know, a, a business owner, you want a baker, like you want to get people from all these different backgrounds or to have kind diversity of. in the group? A little bit. I mean, some of them, I just kind of was like, like we were really good friends and I knew that they own their own business and that they would bring a lot to the table and could get a lot from the group as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried to curate a little bit in the sense that like there's, I tried to think about what the people do and how that might be able to contribute to the group and not having like just a bunch of branding designers where it's like, we're kind of all each other's competition, which we're not, there's enough, there's enough food or work to, to feed everybody. Mm -hmm. But, um, I did try to like 
there was a little bit of strategy in it, a little bit of strategy for sure. Cool. And just thinking, you know, what everyone would bring to the table. And then some of it just happened organically where one of the girl or women that were already in the group were like, Oh, my friend so-and-so wants to come in and I think she would really, really great. Or, you know, someone just randomly popped into my head cause I met them or whatever. So yeah. Very cool. I like that. Um, I'm very interested in starting a mastermind. So thank you yeah. for the, uh, the quick story. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what was, sorry, what was the second one that you had mentioned? My Creative South family. So Creative South is a conference um, in April mm-hmm. in Columbus, Georgia. And I just, it's like my second family. I've met one of my best friends, actually a couple of my best friends um, I met there. And it's just, I just couldn't, I just couldn't do it without them. Mm-hmm. I just, they have been such an amazing support. I've met some amazing, incredible people and had some very emotional experiences in being there. And it, it's so much more than a conference to me. Um, so something I look forward to every single year and, mm-hmm. you know, keep up with these relationships ongoing, despite like the distance and all of that stuff. So very cool. Yeah, that's a great one. I need to get down there next year. Yes, for sure. You need to come. Okay. It's in the books. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Done. Just like that. Um, Tara, we've reached the point of the show for the ask it forward question. Okay. So I have a question for you from my last guest, and you have an opportunity to ask a question of my next guest. I'm not going to tell you who they are, but you can okay. ask them anything. Okay. So my previous guest was Amanda Schutz. She's the creative director and illustrator at Curio Studio in Edmonton. Yeah. And... Um, it's her and two others in the studio, so the three of them. And they have a saying in the studio where okay. whenever there's stress around or something that they really need to think about or worry about, they enjoy eating while they're doing that. Okay. So the saying in the studio is, just hold on. I need to talk to some food about this. <laughs> I love so, that. Yeah. So she wanted to ask you, what food do you talk to? Popcorn. Popcorn just oh, and coffee. <laughs> oh, coffee. Of course. That's a given. That is a given, yeah. Tara. That's not even <laughs> Do I need to even say that. <laughs> okay, popcorn. You need to just sort of dissect that a little bit. Are you a salt and butter kind of person or Um This is gonna make me sound so bougie. I like truffle salt on my popcorn. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> so I mean not that I like have that on a daily basis, but yeah. that's my go to like yeah. I only like imported truffle salt on my popcorn. <laughs> from the, the most fancy place <laughs> yes, They cost most money. From the yeah. mountains. Of- Hand-picked, <laughs> glacier water, washed. I don't know. Do they wash truffles? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> well, they do now. The, the fancy ones yeah. they do. I love it. I am a, I'll do two things. One is if other people are having it, I will do just salt and butter, usually vegan butter because a few kids in my house can't have dairy. Um, but to really twist it up, I sometimes use soya sauce and black pepper. Interesting. So I need to, I need you to unpack that for me. Mm -hmm. Do you like, 
drizzle, like just a light drizzle of soy there's sauce? A, there's a drizzle. You, yep, it, there's a light is drizzle. Is hot and soggy? Like, no, I don't... no, no, no. You can't get to the soggy no, stage. Okay. No, no. Yeah, you want soggy popcorn. No yeah. one likes that. No, exactly. It's. It, I would say it's less than the amount of butter you would put on. It's just like, you know, just a just a sprinkle from above, you know? I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to try it. And then the I'm black pepper, it. you see, you get the salt, but you get a little, you know, the little soy sauce hit in there. Yeah, yeah. And then the heat of the black pepper. Mm, right. Something about it. All right. I'm gonna have to try it and I'll let you know. It's an odd one, but it's good. It is weird. It is weird. I've also yeah. put truffle honey on, on popcorn, which is very good. That sounds really good. Yeah. You're just all about the truffles. I am. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> truffled popcorn with truffled salt and sometimes <laughs> truffle honey. <laughs> and a little bit of truffle oil. Just a we... wee bit. Just a drizzle. Just a bit. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Tara, what is your ask it forward question for my next guest? Um, I would say, what are you doing right now to stay active? Hmm. Because as designers, we sit a lot. Mm-hmm. So what do you do to get moving? What do you do to get moving? I do CrossFit. CrossFit, nice. Yes. And yeah. you've seen all of the fun videos about CrossFit people? Yes, oh, I know fantastic. all the, Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so now I'm now I'm one of them because I mentioned it in a freaking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm the asshole. Yeah. Awesome. Good friends of ours are in uh, are in CrossFit, and you know it's something I'm definitely interested in. Just gotta carve out the right time. Yes, you definitely need to try it. It's it's awesome. It's There's a reason why those people are like that because it's really addicting and it's really 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 fun. Yeah, I just like how it's so like it's hard. It's hard. It's not like yeah. a long stretched out time. No, it's go hard. hard. Yeah. And that's what I, you know, when I do go to the gym and I'm on average like two days a week, it's not very yeah. much. But when yeah. I go, I, I murder myself. I just yeah. go so hard and I come home and I'm like, oh, I'm barely moving. And my wife is, <laughs> my wife is just like, why do you go kill yourself at the gym like that? I'm like, because yeah. I'm there. That's what I'm there for. Yeah. That's my favorite part though, is like looking at the workouts and, you know, the time cap or what you have to do mm-hmm. and thinking like, oh my gosh, there's no way that I can do that and then getting through it and and surprising yourself every single time it's really it's honestly the best thing for my mental health that's really cool yeah really well said I love where we ended up right at the end here (laughs) Tara you've made it to the end of the quickie podcast I did it (laughs) yeah thank you so much for being a guest on the show today I loved hearing from you You had some amazing things to share awesome thank you so much for having me it was awesome All right. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to today's episode. I really appreciate it. And uh, thank you, Tara, for being on the show and being so open and honest and sharing some of your struggles with us. I know there's a lot of value and amazing stories to pull from this for the listeners. So thank you again for being on. Um, You guys, I will be back tomorrow with another great guest for you. Talk to you later.